It's time for the Mac Geek Gab. Quick tip of the week. If you have an Apple Watch and you swipe up from the bottom, you'll quickly find yourself in the control center. And there's a little icon in there that looks like a flashlight. If you swipe it from the right side of the screen to the left, you can get over to the red light. I use that at night because red light, little known fact, does not destroy your night vision. And I use that at night to keep from stubbing my toes. In the old days, I used to keep from stepping on Legos and things like that. But now, you know, so I don't hit something I left out instead of one of the kids. But that brings us to Mac Geek Gab Show 952 for Monday, 24 October 2022. More tips like this and your questions answered today. Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your tips like that one, your questions, your cool stuff found. We answer your questions. We share your tips. The goal is each and every one of us learns at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include collide.com slash MGG, K-O-L-I-D-E.com slash MGG, where you can try Collide today. This is cool device security. It uses Slack. It educates your users. It's very much in the MGG vein. Also, LinkedIn.com slash MGG, where you can go and post your first job at LinkedIn Jobs for free. We'll talk more in depth about each of those in, uh, well, in a few minutes here for now. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, it's Pilot Pete. Glad to be back, guys. Happy to have us all back together. I, uh, I, I it, just as we were doing the intro to the show, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I, I, I had that happy feeling. Like, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're doing this. It's good stuff. It's fun stuff. This really is fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun. I like it. Uh, you know what else is fun is all of the quick tips that we get, and I know we have one to start with. John, you want to take us to Brian? Uh, certainly. <clears throat> so Brian says, I heard this useful tip that I had forgotten about and thought it may be useful to share. Uh, in the past, whenever I long pressed on an app on iOS or iPadOS, it generally was to delete an app. But there is some great functionality to long pressing certain apps. For example, when I long press on the Apple Notes app, I can remove the app, but I can also scan a document, add a new photo, add a new checklist, and add a new note, all without opening the app. Cool. So I like it. Uh, uh, how do you know which <laughs> which apps offer additional options? I, I don't know. I, I know one You're way. You're just going to have to press on them. That's it. That's the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Probably won't break it. Yeah. No, it, it is. You know, what I would say is the apps that you wind up doing specific things in regularly, try long pressing on them. I mean, you know, that right. that experiment, that 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 investigation isn't going to take you very long. And then suddenly you're going to find out. I remember years ago, John, when you pointed out to me that long pressing on the app store was a great way to get directly to the update screen, which is where I want to go in the yes. app store more often than not. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's good. 
It's good. I, I might offer that that's a, a computer thing in general, with with the exception of most, I mean, the, in the rare exception, I guess is what I'm trying to say, experiment a little bit. Prob- probably not going to break it. Um, yeah. You know, there's a few few things there, but generally, you know, Apple's good about having the ellipsis, the little three dots that tell you, oh, there's another menu coming. Don't worry, you aren't going to format your hard drive. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. You know? No, that's a good point. Yeah, Apple does work to save us from ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In spite of our best efforts. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But it like I this is why we recommend backups. I mean, it's one of the reasons we recommend backups. It's sure. one of the reasons that, you know, we just do all the things that we do so that we don't get caught when we're experimenting and then we just have the freedom to experiment because there's right. so many you know, I I mean, I you hear me talk about it on the show all the time, but I love finding a better way to do things. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freak for efficiency and I, I just love finding like, you know, like that one where you go straight to the updates thing in the app store. It's like, Oh, it's so much better. I can just, I'm right there. I get, I get where I want to go and it doesn't take much extra effort to do it. And it, it's just more efficient. So yeah, I, I like this stuff, but yeah, experiment. And then, and this is the really important part after you experiment and you find something Send it in and tell us about it so that we can share it on the show. And where are you going to send it, one might ask? I'd send it the feedback at MacGeekGab.com, but that's just me. Um, I'd, I'd send it to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Well, I'm, I'm going to be the odd man out here, and I'm going to recommend sending it to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm always You're different, huh, Dave? Yeah, that's how it is. Jim brings us our next quick tip. Uh Related to something we were talking about last episode, 951, he said Bob wrote in complaining or reporting concerned about the numerous login attempts on his Synology disk station. Jim has some quick tip advice. Number one, make sure that your disk stations behind your router. I, I think Bob's was, but that's a good uh, that's a good thing to good place to start. Our routers really do act as firewalls in many ways, just sort of by default. Then, of course, there's other things you can do. Another thing that Bob recommends is change the port that your disk station answers on by default. You know, our 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 Synology, and this is good for anything that you're exposing to the outside world. The Synology disk stations DSM, which is sort of the management interface generally answers on port 5000 or 5001 whether depending on whether or not it's secure change those make them uh you know if, if you don't have anything else on 5100 make it 5100 and 5101 or you know uh 5003 and 5004 or something like just change them so that you are not just exposing where everyone else is going to be looking for these things and trying to hack in uh, any, so any reason not to go up to 50,000? Yeah, um, well, so y- you could, your router should be smart enough about this. Um, the, y- you could, you could do 50,000. Uh, th- I mean, that would be fine. Um, I'm just thinking someone's scanning the first 20,000 ports or so and moving on. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't, I'm trying to think of why you wouldn't want to go up to 50,000 and I, I can't think of a reason. If someone can, please let us know. But yeah, I don't. I don't because you're, you're. What happens with your router when you're uh, sending connection or your computer in general, but your router as well? 
sending uh, like visiting a website. You're going to visit that website on port 443. That's the secure port to visit a website. But right. when you do that, you tell that computer what port to send things back to you on. And that way, you know what what where that inbound traffic is coming from. The higher ports are generally used for that, you know, stateful stuff that just sort of, you know, is used and then goes away. So I've always been hesitant to use things that are just too high. But yeah, um, but the again, 50,000 because, you know, it's just five. Sure. It's the same number, but at a zero different. Yeah, yeah. Zero in there. And then. Yeah. And then Brian Monroe points out in the discord chat, you know, that obviously the, the, the other way to increase that security is to change the admin account. Synology actually came out and recommended that some years yeah. back. Get, get rid of your admin account or disable it, I guess. Disable the admin name because as you talked on the last show, you've, you're taking out one of the two factors that you have. Yes. Yeah, you, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, like, uh, I like the suggestion. Like, for example, if you want to enable remote login, um, a lot of people like to do that with SSH. Um, with a lot of commands, you can change the port that they operate on. And and really, you don't even have to change the port that they operate on. It, it, you can, and, and certainly that, that's fine. But what you also can do is just change the port forward. So, so like, let's take SSH, for example, John. That normally answers on port 22. Instead of trying to figure out how to change port 22, you know, what what port SSH opens on or listens on for your Mac, just go to your router and set the port forwarding instead of it being public port 22 to private port 22, right? Public port being what's exposed to the Internet, private Mm -hmm. port being what's internal to your network. Change that so that it's public port 23 or public port 20, you know, some or public port 50,000, like Pete's example, that ports to that that maps to forwards to private port 22. So you don't even have to mess with your your devices. Just change what the outside world gets. And your router is plenty smart enough to take a different public port and map it to a different private port. Super easy. At the risk of making this quick quick tip really long, I'm going to ask about, again, Tailscale. Use that to get in there. Um, and, and when I just put in the IP address, it automatically bangs it on port 5000, which, if am I not mistaken, is 5000 not the unencrypted, but that's Correct. on its own VPN, so that's okay. Correct. Tailscale yeah. is a VPN. Tailscale is effectively a VPN. It's a, it's a very smoothly implemented vpn it wireguard right it uses wireguard that's right and and essentially what wireguard does is it it sets up and and tailscale makes this much easier it sets up a permanent virtual lan now i know we talk about vlans and that's different this is a virtual network in fact let's call it just that because it doesn't have to all be the same local network but it takes a collection of your devices, regardless of where they are and regardless of whether or not they move, as long as they're all logged into the same tail scale account, then they are all put on a they all get an extra IP address that is on this virtual network that you can access from anywhere. And it's wonderful. Like when I was in Greece, I wanted to access my computer, you know, here at the house 
I just made sure I was connected to TailScale and I used the same IP address that I could use anywhere else. And it's this special TailScale address. It never changes for each device and each device on my network that add, that I add to TailScale gets one. And then boom, you're good to go. And and that's the free TailScale account. If you if like, for example, we wanted to have a shared TailScale network amongst us here, you could pay extra and then TailScale, you know, let you have multiple users. And all. it's it's really, truly fantastic. It I I. I, it is the most recent tool that all nerds, the, the most recent thing I've added to my list of tools that all nerds should have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dave, I put it on my computer back when we first talked about it. Yeah. And it sat there for two to three months unused. Yep. And then I went, all right, uh, you know, it's sitting up there in my tray. What do I need? And I started looking into it and went, oh, this is cool. So yeah. try it, you know, uh, it, it avoid you, it, it eliminates the need for a, uh, uh, a domain that you would get from Synology. You don't need the domain anymore. Correct. You just log into that IP address. Yeah. Yeah. So. You use the domain. Like if you need to give access to other people, but, sure. but yeah, for, for, and, and just for the sort of things that you would normally do at home, but also want to be able to do when you're on the road, yeah. Uh, that's where I'm using TailScale all the time. SSHing into my boxes. I don't forward an SSH port from, you know, from my public. It doesn't, I, I don't forward a, an alternate port. Ain't no SSH poking through my, my router, but right. I can SSH into any of my machines that I want. And TailScale does its own little, uh, tack on to DNS. So you can even use DNS names with it, which is cool. You, you started oh. using TailScale too, right, John? Um, yeah, I thought it was very elegant, um, installed it and then you can assign devices and it gets a 100 dot whatever IP address. And then I was able to connect to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, it's really well done. Like yeah, elegant. I, I like that word, John. That's, that's, um, yeah. 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 And I still haven't done anything but my disk station with it. I, I suppose I could, you know, get my, get my wife's. Uh, desktop on there get, yeah uh, I, I i have all of the all of the permanent computers that you know the 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 desktop computers in my house sure. are all on tail scale and just it, i mean why not you know yeah. if yeah. i need it i got it i'm good to go yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great all right so much for quick in the quick tip <laughs> Sorry. Right. yeah that was a 15 minute <laughs> or 10 minute quick tip nine and a half john take us to doug if you would pour favor all right doug uh, this one is pretty quick, I think. Uh, as you know, iOS 16 added the ability to report text messages as junk. This is a cool feature, but I was getting frustrated by getting asked to report junk when deleting 2FA SMS messages, uh, two-factor authentication, um, as if I needed another reason to hate 2FA, 2FA SMS. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to create a new contact for each account, so I created a single contact called, wait for it, 2FA SMS. I put the 2FA numbers into this contact and use a custom label to identify them by company name. Now I can delete all 2FA messages at once and I'm no longer asked to report junk. The message app also looks much cleaner without random SMSs scattered about. Huh. Maybe maybe this is something other. Oh, we got some suggestions here. Other gabbers or gabberati will find useful. Ah, nice. Gabbers and Gabberati. All right. We'll add those to the list of our um, 
uh, uh, potential yes. names for our family here. Yeah, I like it. All right. Good, good, good. I like that, John. That's a good. Yeah, it's a good tip. I, awesome. Yeah, I. I'm still and this is just me. I don't I don't understand the maybe somebody can explain it to me. I don't understand the value in spending time cleaning out and deleting old text messages. I just leave them if they, I mean, you know, I like yeah. if I need to message someone, they're either in my pinned list because I, I use all nine of the pins, uh, you know, for my family and various groups that I'm part of and like you guys. And then uh, if I need to message somebody that's not in my pins, I just search for their name and, and then message them. It's it's yeah. just not I don't know. It seems like one of those things that is an exercise to me. I, I don't mean to be judgmental about anyone other than myself, but it feels to me like it would be an exercise in futility because I would I would clean through it and do it and feel really good about it. And then more would just pour in. It's like, yeah, I don't. Like, I, I, the only thing I can imagine is if what's the smallest they make now? Two fifty six k or k two hundred fifty six meg. Uh, yeah, iPhone? yeah. So I, I would imagine if you've got a lot of photos and that kind of stuff, you're you're always bumping your head against the ceiling on storage. But um, yeah, but like these messages yeah, the don't. Messages, yeah, there's no there's no value in that. You need to get rid of photos and other you know audio yeah. files. Apple needs to figure that part out. Like uh, you know, I can do my my apps. And my photos, I can say, you know, optimize space used on my device. You yeah. can't do that with all the data that comes into messages. What the heck, Apple? Like that needs to be fixed because yeah, that's a huge photo, problem. It's all the meme. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm the, I am the meme recipient of all <laughs> meme recipients. Yeah. And so got to get rid of those. So those take up a tremendous amount. A tremendous sure. amount of room. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, so Brian Monroe saying I can have iMessage auto-delete after 30 days. This is Brian Monroe in our live.macgeekup.com chat. Is that right? I don't, but I don't want my messages deleted. Like, I, I want an archive of my messages. Uh, if somebody sends me something, especially a picture or screenshot or something, I might want to refer to that down the road. So I don't, like, I, I like having a history. I've yeah. saved every email I've ever received, other than junk, obviously. But, um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't want to delete. I just want to archive them somewhere that's not going to just take up storage on every single one of my devices. That's all. I, so, I don't know. Right? Yeah. I mean, and that's the nice thing. Although, I'll tell you, as a traveler, you can do that with your photos. You say, hey, you know. Yes. S send it all up to the iCloud and all that. But then when you're trying to look at your photos and you're in an airplane. <laughs> right. Show somebody something. Yeah, well. You no, can't. No, it's not there. So, my yeah. solution to that is just to buy the most storage. On yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, so Brian is right, though. If you go into settings, messages, and scroll down a little ways, there's a message history section. And one option that I see in it, and it, that is keep messages. And you can choose 30 days, one year, or as I have, forever. But yeah, yeah I just want to optimize. I want a second option there. Optimize storage on this device. Use my iCloud storage to hold my messages. I'm cool with it. It's fine. Yeah. I've got no issues there. All right, uh, we've got some more quick tips here. Kirit brings us a quick tip about accessibility, uh, but a cool use of it. And this is new in, in uh, iOS 16 and Watch OS 9. Uh, if you go to Settings, Accessibility, Apple Watch Mirroring, 
you can see your watch face magnified on your phone and manipulate it. The usefulness? He says, I don't know. Maybe to learn, teach about more, uh, teach about the watch, to send screenshots, um, more, maybe more features will come. This is one of those things that's, I, I, I had the same thought as Kirit when I saw it first. It's like, oh, that's cool. What am I going to use it for? I don't know, but that's cool. I, you know, maybe it's because there has, there is no way to do this from the iPhone to your Mac, right? Like you can't, you can, you can share like with QuickTime Viewer, maybe, and maybe or QuickTime Player, and maybe people don't know that. Uh, you can, if you connect your phone to your Mac, I think it has to be done wired. I think QuickTime Player, and you create a new movie, and and you can essentially set your iPhone to be the camera for this so you can record you know and and see your phone mirrored on your mac screen but you can't manipulate it there it would be really nice if you could use say screen sharing to control your phone but that's something apple's never done so maybe that's why i got excited about this because it's like oh this is like screen sharing for the watch you know so yeah um, yeah i don't know but it's a cool one so well, as long as you're in there too, remember everybody, and it's the, the the app comes with the watch. Is you have a remote for your camera, so you can take selfies from across the room, and you can see, you can make sure you can look at your watch face when the camera remote is on. You can look at your watch face and see is everybody in the picture? Yes, they are. Okay, and then hit the button and take the picture. So yeah, um, yeah, yes, that, I, that's a great bonus quick tip right there, Pete. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's good. Uh, all right. What do we got here? Oh, yeah. PC Unix from our Discord has. I, I, this is good. Um, he says, although automatic switching of AirPods Pro from my phone to my iPad almost always works, sometimes it does not, and sometimes I'm not sure whether or not it has. And I like to make sure before I let my iPad make noise because I only want the sound in my earphones, not out of its speakers. So my habit had been to check settings, but I realized today that if I adjust the volume, which I would always do after checking settings anyway, the volume indicator shows an AirPods icon. It may have been there for years, but I just noticed it. I I think this is new with iOS 16 and, and the upcoming iPad OS 16, which we're going to talk about here, because since that comes out the same day this episode does. Um, but that's a great tip. Change the volume. You'll see what device you're sending to, or at least a hint about what device you're sending to. That's a good one. Uh, or you can just wake your wife up at 2 a.m. You know, well, that's mean. the thing, isn't it? That's that's really what this or, is about. Or draw attention to yourself in a, you know, in, a, in an audience, yeah, uh, exactly. in a classroom. or <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Ooh, pick me pick on me <laughs> yeah yeah pick on me exactly <laughs> all right one last uh well it's not just one last quick tip it's one last set of quick tips from harvey john yes um more accessibility um fun here um so harvey says in episode 951 you talked about assistive touch on your home screen that you can use to restart your phone iPad or take screenshots. One thing I have also added to the top level is accessibility shortcuts. My accessibility shortcuts include Apple Watch mirroring, assistive touch, um, reduced white point, and smart invert. Okay. Uh, but there are lots of other choices under accessibility shortcuts that you can choose from. Um, let's see. Uh, so you can use the assistive touch 
dot to mute unmute your phone. Okay, huh. that's neat. Um, and a number of these settings even work on a lock screen, like mute and restart, and some accessibility shortcuts, like reduce white point. You can remind or let your listeners know that the transparent dot does dim after you use it, so it doesn't hinder what is beneath it from being seen. And sometimes it is in the way, but easily slides away when swiped. Cool. cool. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look at that. accessibility again. Hey, you know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We used it with Sadie, or we used it when we found Sadie. We had like 75 Top quality candidates. It was fantastic. LinkedIn made it so easy to not only create the job post, but then you go through the whole process, right? So you create the job post and then you add like the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so that you're spreading the word. LinkedIn jobs has simple tools like these screening questions that make it super easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This allowed us to take those 75 candidates and narrow them down to like 20 that we interviewed, which then, of course, we narrowed it down to like four. And then we had like Sophie's Choice because everybody that we interviewed was fantastic. So it was tough. But we found Sadie and it's been amazing. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk with faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. All right. Um, Apple did some things. Well, last week they rolled out some new hardware, which we're going to talk about here today. The day this episode comes out, October 24th, they roll out the new operating systems, Mac OS Ventura and iPad OS 16. I think since this is the Mac Geek Gab, we should start with Mac OS Ventura, which uh, I've been running on my laptop the, the betas for about the last six weeks, maybe with mostly great success. And, and certainly the, you know, the, the release candidates that we saw toward the end of last week uh, at the, at, while we're doing the show, I'm doing RC two, which it seems is probably the one that will be the live one released on, on the 24th. But figured we'd talk about it. John, uh, you installed this more recently than me. So I'm I'm curious what uh did did you like initial thoughts and and perhaps also if if anything any tips that you know any things you had to do the moment that you finally got Ventura up and running like was there a change that you had to go and and institute Um well the first thing what I tried to do was make a bootable backup and you can't do that anymore so I, I wasn't entirely comfortable upgrading my daily driver. Of course not. But everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I Like, that's a good sign. I mean, especially you updated to RC2, I think. So in theory, the same thing I that everybody RC3. else did. I think oh, it's three. Is RC3 hmm. out? I didn't think so, but I could be. Sure. Yeah. I, 
I did RC2 late last night, so I'm pretty sure it's RC2, but it, whatever it is, yeah. I thought they went to non-bootable backup back with Monterey. That's correct. Yeah, this yeah. is not a Ventura thing. This is yeah. a, a Monterey. Yeah, it's a current thing. So, yeah, I think what you were saying, John, is you wanted to do a bootable backup of Monterey oh, gotcha. so that he could. Mm-hmm. But no, 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 um, that's not a thing. But th- th- no soup for you. Well, but we need to remember that with the system volume, and I don't want to get too, on too much of a tangent here, but with the system volume separate from the data volume, you can like back up your data volume, which we do all the time. We clone those and, and do whatever we want. If you needed to roll back to Monterey, just install Monterey on a fresh volume and then just put your data backup out there and you're pretty much good to go. You so, make it sound so easy, Dave. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of the point. Yeah. yeah. But also because of that, there's there's far less opportunity for sort of in whole system corruption that would cause us to need bootable backups in the first place. Um, obviously, if there's dri- damage to the drive, well, there's damage to the drive, you know, and then you need that. But yeah. All right. So um, so thoughts uh, other on than that. Yeah. I mean, the install, you know, you, you download the beta profile widget. Sure. Um, I mean, it was it was pretty much uneventful great um things that i thought would break didn't though like some people were like oh drobo's not going to work anymore and my drobo still works are you able to run the drobo dashboard yes okay yeah which is weird because i kept getting worried they're not guaranteeing that anymore as i recall but it's time to move on from drobo folks yeah yeah I mean, the thing is, it kept warning me. The the OS would keep warning me, like, especially when I rebooted, it would be like, oh, this, you know, uh, Drobo makes something that's not going to work in the next version. But it seems to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it, folks. I am glad that it does for you. And my guess is it will for others, too. I don't you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. radically different about your setup, but uh, I, I would I would stay. It's it's it's. It's been years since we've stopped recommending Drobo on the show. It's mm-hmm. it's also been years, at least since I've stopped using Drobo, other than just direct attached to like they're direct attached ones. I connect one of those to my uh, to one of my Synologies to, you know, back stuff up. But, yeah, no, there's better there's better options. Like if you want direct attached storage, the OWC Thunder Bay is is definitely the, the place that I would say to look. But back to Ventura since it seems really difficult to yes. stay here. Um, so here's one thing that broke. Um, mail. <laughs> what broke about good. mail? <laughs> we keep getting used to this. Um, uh, it, it came up and said my plugins are incompatible. Okay, so yeah. mail didn't break, break but mail plugin, which specific, because I did not have this problem with my mail plugins. Oh. I, huh. I, I, well, I've been using, I went and did, so maybe this is good advice, I went and did updates to all of mine, including uh, the the small cubed plugin, and I think I can uh, say that. I probably should have done that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's the that's the thing. I hope I, is that out? I don't. Am I special? Did I did I just um, did I just do I have to erase this from the show? I don't, I thought these I thought these updates came out, and I thought I saw them coming up for. Um, for for small cube mail suite um but maybe not maybe it's maybe it's not out yet maybe you need to 
maybe maybe you need to go and and visit the visit their website i'll look and if i've if i've if i have un, unintentionally well you just move on it's fine so uh yes mail plugins often break every time you uh, so check your mail plugins with the with the uh with your with vendors yeah so uh oh okay um you're not really coming through. <laughs> okay. I, I've got me fine here, so just keep going. We're good. All right. Um, I mean, other than that, they, you know, they include some of the features that we've seen in, in other mail clients. Um, so that's kind of neat. I'm going to have to try them out. Uh, scheduled send and all that stuff. Uh, one thing you pointed out to me, Dave, that I thought was interesting is that Mail now supports something called BME. And I think it's doing the same thing with certificates, but you showed me an email message that you had that said, oh, this is a verified uh, uh, brand. And I'm like, oh, well, that's 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 nice. Yeah, we've got that in iOS 16, uh, presumably iPad OS 16. I haven't looked for it there, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, the other th the one thing that I did look and it's not turned on by default. Um, let me go back. Um, they changed settings, and you know how I love change, Dave. <laughs> I do. <laughs> the thing is, now you got to navigate around to. Uh, um, they say it's you know a more you know intuitive arrangement, and I'm like, mm, okay, but still, <laughs> it's like things aren't uh, where they used to be. I'll get used to it. Uh, the one thing I did like, uh, what is it here? Stage manager is pretty neat. So it's a different way of organizing your windows. Um, now you have to activate it and it's in desktop and dock stage manager. Uh, but it basically on the left side of the screen, or at least on my screen, it, it, if you, go to that side of the screen, you'll then get a list of the windows of all your currently running apps. That's different. But uh, yeah, it's kind of handy. I guess instead of, uh, you know, using the dock to uh, keep track of that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, um, I noticed in um, system settings, I, I had to change something when uh, when I first installed Ventura. Now, I, to be fair, my first installation was weeks ago, maybe a month ago. So this may have gotten better. Uh, I did it on my laptop and my laptop display was zoomed when it first uh, when I when I when it, I, it first came up. So I had to go into system settings, displays, default for display and change that back. Uh, it also seemed like low power mode uh, was enabled automatically in system settings battery. And you have uh, you have uh, three options, I guess, or four options you have for low power mode. You have never always only on battery and only on power adapter. And the so pick pick one of those. Mine, I think, was set to low power mode uh, automatically only on battery 
the one last thing that I want to make sure everyone knows about Ventura is that Time Machine has moved. And Time Machine is now in settings, general Time Machine. I don't know who made that decision, but I'm not happy about it. I don't know. See, you're on my side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a stupid place for it. Like, why isn't it? It's why doesn't it get first party billing anymore? Why is it buried in settings general? Yeah, that's not good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. It's well, I wish they I still wish they'd rewrite Time Machine from the ground up. You know, that what what they did at first was kind of cool and it it worked, but as you know, it there's no warning when it's not working right. And right. Things go, you know, there's right. just you know, and then you need it and you don't got it. That's why multi-layered approach to this. And now it's buried even deeper. Like I, I don't yeah. I, yeah I, I don't know. I, I don't Virtual know. Virtual fish shake apple. Yeah, what the heck, man? Like <laughs> There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, anything more on Ventura. Obviously, th- this is but the first of many Ventura conversations. I'm sure, you know, send in your stuff. Feedback at Mackie dot com. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll go from there. But uh, yeah. Any, any, do you have any questions, Pete? I don't think you've installed it yet. So I, I have not. And so therefore I do not, um, yeah. as yet, but, uh, All right. I, I, you know, I have a developer account years ago. I probably need to reactivate that and start, start betaing myself up just so I can yeah. cause myself extra problems. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, I have a question. So I, I, I will say that I didn't screw anything up. Uh, small cube mail suite 2022 for Ventura beta is now available and I will put the link to that in, um, so you can fix your mail plugins, John, and so can everyone else. Uh, so I'm putting that in the show, the show notes. So, um, yeah, but go ahead, John. Yeah. Um, have you done pass keys? I haven't. Have you? No, I'm trying to figure out how to use it. Apparently it's a safer, they say it's a safer way. Uh, uh, pass keys replace passwords with an easier and safer sign-in method. Yeah, I lied. I have used pass keys, but only ah. on like the demo site that somebody put up. Uh, I think Ricky Mandello, who runs the, or is part of, I don't know if they run the, and sorry, I said he, uh, uh, I don't know if they run the Safari team or what part of it. But anyway, Ricky, uh, posted something after WWDC that allowed you to experiment with pass keys, which evidently worked fine in, I think I did it in iOS 15. You know, it's not, it's not limited just to Ventura, at least not that particular demo. Cause I was able to do it without installing any beta anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, I like, I like the idea of it. Um, it seems like they've made implementation as easy as they can. It does require a little bit of change on the server side, right? Be- okay. All right. Maybe that's why I couldn't get it to work. I yeah. got to go to the right site. The site needs to support it. And then your phone is just like, oh, okay, I'm here. Good to go. But yeah, you just, you just authenticate, uh, 
as yourself and it installs a, a public certificate on your device or maybe the other way around your device creates the 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 key pair and sends the cert out that wouldn't make any sense so uh, yeah i don't know it it's I, I I need to refresh myself with this, but, but yes, once I visited a site that was configured to do this, it just worked. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. If you've used pass keys or you have a, a, a good simple way of explaining them, send that into feedback at MacGeekUp.com. Love to hear it. Uh, let's talk iPad OS 16. I've put that on my iPad mini. I did it. I don't know, maybe a week and a half ago. Uh, My iPad mini does not have an M1 chip in it. So that means I don't get stage manager on my iPad. I'm I'm not sure I would want it on the iPad mini anyway, uh, just because of screen real estate. But maybe I may, you know, maybe experientially I would. So, yeah. um, Dave, I'm I'm sorry, and John's mentioned it too. Can I want to ask because I I remember them talking about it. What what is what exactly does Stage Manager do for you again? I don't remember. Great question. It what it does is it. I'm trying to think of the the way I would explain it. It gives you a single app at a time on the screen, so a more focused mode. You could almost think of it as a single window at a time, although that's not always the case. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then depending on how wide that window is, if the window leaves room to the right of it, you will see sort of um, representations of the windows for your other most recently invoked apps on the right hand side. If your window goes full width, you just bring your mouse over to the right hand side and then you'll see sort of these these ba- you know we'll call them the, the apps that are backstage and and you can click on one of those and it will bring one of those up and then send the other one uh you know Got send it. the one on the front that's okay. off to the side so it's this think of it as apps waiting in the wings and and i think that's probably the intent behind apple's paradigm right the wings meaning this side of the stage right yeah right. um so yeah, it brings it brings one app to center stage. Although center stage is a different is a name for that Apple uses for the the camera following you. Yeah, it brings yeah. it to stage front. <laughs> yeah, it br- brings it to yeah downstage. That's right. Yeah, yeah because yeah. that's a term most people know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, but it does bring it puts the app on stage, and then it, you know when you bring another app on stage, it takes that app off. Um, yeah. So okay. now I remember. It, it just took me a minute. You know, I know I remember the term being mentioned in, in the presentation, but that's that was a couple months ago and I'm having a hard time remembering what I had for breakfast. So sure. Uh, I, I just wanted you to refresh me on that. I've thing. I've messed with it on my laptop. You can go into settings. I think it's John, you found it in display and whatever settings, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You can go into settings and uh put a menu bar icon up so that you can turn stage manager on and off. And I recommend doing that so that you have an easy way of toggling it as you're experimenting and seeing how it works for you. I've always put my dock on the left side of the screen. And so I think perhaps I have accomplished what I needed with stage manager anyway on my laptop. And it might, I might feel differently about this on a big display and I'm not sure if differently is better or worse, but on my laptop, I'm pretty much in one app is up front all the time anyway mode. So I I didn't, I didn't find much 
utility and stage manager. But I, I need to say I really only started messing with it in the last two weeks. And I, I don't know. It just didn't. I, I can't find a, a scenario where I like it. I either have to shrink a window so that I can see the apps in the wings or I move it. And now it's like the, the dock that auto hides, but it's much wider than a dock. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's better on the iPad, which, of course, I can't test. I don't know. I, I like I'm I'm not I'm curious as to how people integrate this. And I'm I'm really eager to see. But I, it doesn't it, like I, uh, it feels half baked to me. It feels like a solution in search of a problem. Hmm. For me, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I like this summary here. So uh, in our chat room, M. Moran says, it's like all tab, but vertical and on the left side of your screen. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it's, uh, I would summarize that it's a window manager. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It says, but uh, it gives you more context than um, a command tab, which... Okay, so you can also use to switch apps, right? M. M. Moran continues with that thought and says you can have screens, not just apps. So if you have a split screen of, say, mail and Safari up, you can pull up that set of apps. Uh, so you, you can kind of have your different workspaces. Obviously, we, we, could, we used to and still can do that with spaces, right? I think spaces is still a thing in Ventura, but but maybe not a lot of people were using spaces and this is a better way to sort of present that. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, it used to be. It was like uh, hold down the command key and go to the top right corner or something and it would pull yeah. all those up. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't you know. You can do that now with Safari and tabs, right? We talked about that was that command uh correct backslash yeah yeah well and now and i i now that i will have ventura on all of my macs or at least most of them i'm not going to put it on the one in the studio here for probably a month and a half at least because you know i've learned my lesson the hard way on that uh i need to make sure all the drivers for all the audio devices that we use work and all that but um the the tab groups in Safari are now you are able to pin a tab to a tab group. So you, if you pull up a group of tabs and you close one, the next time you pull up that group of tabs, the pinned ones will remain, which is a good thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And I did misspeak. It's command shift backslash to get the tab groups to explain. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else on iOS 16? I think we're, I, I you know, it, to me, it wasn't really that much of a much of a change. So, yeah. Likewise. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes that's a good thing, though, right? Let's I, let's I guess, I incrementally mean, here. We, Don't kill us with. Yeah, we we do get the you know you can edit and delete messages and th that all syncs now properly amongst all the devices now that they're up to date. So that part of it's nice. Other than that, you know. Now I get to talk about our sponsor, Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT. Do you know what it is? If you've been listening for a little while, you do. It's your end users. Old school device management tools like MDMs force these disruptive software agents onto employee devices that slow their performance and then treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide does things differently. 
because instead of forcing changes on users, Collide uses Slack to notify your team when their devices are insecure and then gives them step-by-step instructions on how to solve that particular problem. By reaching out to employees via a friendly Slack message and educating them, learning five new things or learning one new thing, it's all good. By educating them about company policies, Collide can help you build a culture in which everyone contributes to security because everyone understands how and why to do it. You get engagement, you get buy-in. It's awesome. For IT admins, Collide provides a single dashboard that lets you monitor the security of your entire fleet. And it doesn't matter whether they're running Mac, Windows, or Linux. And that visibility makes it easy to prove your compliance to your auditors, your customers, your leadership. You can meet your compliance goals by putting users first. Visit collide.com slash MGG to find out how. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MGG. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. All right. In the uh, change is bad column, Apple also changed the <laughs> the uh, lineup of i lineups of iPads and Apple TV 4K. In fact, I was on Daily Tech News show this past week. If you don't listen to that show, it's a, that's a great show with Tom Merritt. It, it is super fast paced. It was if you listen to that episode, you will think that they cut like all the dead air out. No, no, that's how it was live. It's, it was like a fire hose, man. It was fun. I did that. I was also on another podcast recently on a little tangent here. Uh, Last month, I was on the command control power podcast talking like tech support and more. Actually, those guys are, are uh, from, well, essentially your neck of the woods, John. I mean, but you know, we all sort of grew up in the same, same general area. That's another fun show. So command control power and I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to the episode from September 6th when I was on, but it's, that's a show we've shared tips from that show here before. Those, those guys know what they're talking about and, and know what they're doing and they, they have fun doing it. So, um, but daily tech news show I was on, we were all set to talk about, uh, other topics and then hours before the episode apple released all kinds of things so uh we don't need to rehash all of it uh to me the new colorful entry level ipads and i'll use air quotes with entry level the 10th gen ipad with the 10.9 inch liquid retina display to me, that's the most interesting of the iPads. The new iPad Pro doesn't really do it for me, but but if it does for you, then we should talk about that. But um, I like that they've you know moved that to USB C. I like that they moved the FaceTime camera to landscape. That's good. Uh, they only use the Apple Pencil first gen, which now requires a dongle because that's a Lightning device and the thing. But I think. I'm wondering if the reason that they didn't go to Apple Pencil 2 on this is because of where they put the camera. The FaceTime camera is on the landscape side. Does that mean you can't have the Apple Pencil magnet and charger on the landscape side? Because they didn't do that with the iPad Pro. The iPad Pro now, it uses the same Gen 2 pencil. It charges on the same side, you know, on the on the long side. But that means that the camera remains uh, on the on the left side. It's a weird... You can't use the Apple Pencil 2 with this iPad at all? No. No. It's a, it, The Apple Pencil 2 is only for other iPads. It's <sighs> the new 10th gen iPad. The iPads Pro, yes. Yeah. The iPads 10th gen, no. 
uh, those are Apple Pencil One. Mm-hmm. But I, but you know, the, the Pencil the, the, two, the two is so much better than the one. Correct, correct. But it uh, pairs and and charges magnetically. Yeah. And so maybe you can't have charger and camera in the same spot. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not Apple's engineers, th- which is probably a good thing. So, <laughs> oh, it's just what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's that doesn't seem good to me. Well, I won't be buying one then. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, but and it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, they moved the price up. It used to be it's up like 120 bucks or something. It's now 449 for the Wi-Fi model, and it also is Wi-Fi six. However, Apple now does have a Wi-Fi six E device in the lineup with the new iPad Pro. Uh, that 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 is the first Apple device to have Wi-Fi six E. So okay. I don't know what that I, you know. It, that means it's going to start congesting my uh, my my six gigahertz backhaul. That's not true, though. Not necessarily true because there's way more uh, 160 gigahertz channels in Wi-Fi 6E than there is in Wi-Fi 6. There's one in Wi-Fi 6. There are seven in Wi-Fi 6E. So I don't know. It, it, thoughts about any of these devices before I start talking about? Apple TV and uh, why that's mine. weird. What's that? <laughs> you've heard mine. Okay. I believe that they didn't keep the ability to use the two. I mean, I like, I like moving the camera. Yes. That's, that's super smart. smart. Yeah. But, uh, boy, that, that pencil too is such a neat piece of gear. Yep. Why would they? Yep. Yep. I agree. I, I got nothing to say about it. So yeah, I'm just shaking my head as loud as I can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, so the Apple TV 4K it got this update this week, which is, I'm not, it, it's weird what they did. So what they did is there are now two models of this Apple TV 4K. One is Wi-Fi only and has 64 gigs for 129 And then for a mere $20 more, you get Wi-Fi plus gigabit Ethernet with plus 64 gigs, meaning it's total 128 gigs plus thread radio for matter and mesh support and all of that. That's, that's sort of coming with all of your, you know, home kit uh, stuff and the matter stuff in general. I don't know why anyone. And my advice is if you are only buying one of these buy the $149 version, saving $20, to potentially miss out and cause yourself a great headache six, 10, 12 months down the road ain't worth it. Um, if you're buying multiples for your house and you don't need the gigabit Ethernet port, sure. Then go with with, you know, just the the Wi-Fi one and save 20 bucks on each of those. But otherwise, man, I don't I don't I know. I, I know this show is expensive to listen to sometimes. <laughs> And I know I'm telling you to spend an extra 20 bucks. That's what I did. I ordered one and it was like, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to outsmart myself on this. So, so did, did I understand you to say this is going to be like a, like the Eros? Like it's going to be an extra mesh repeater type thing? for your, not for your Wi-Fi network, for your okay. thread network. Thread is the, the protocol that's, uh, it is a, a smart home, kind of like a Zigbee and, and the others that we've seen in the past where thread matters 
is that it is the protocol being used by this matter standard that is accepted by the idea behind the matter standard, uh, the matter concept, the matter consortium. Somebody will correct me on the right way to say these things, please. And please do, because I want to get this right. And I know I'm not. But the idea behind matter is that smart home devices from multiple vendors will be able to interoperate with one another by using matter as the sort of protocol that, that they, they talk with that said, and as Brian Monroe correctly points out in our chat at live.macgeekab.com, the current crop of Eros, and I think even the last gen of Eros also have thread radios in them. So you may not need to get the thread radio in your Apple TV. And if you are certain that you don't, then sure you could save the 20 bucks and it's going to be fine. But you know, to me, it's like, what is it really worth? Because I don't have any matter devices yet. I, I don't know where I'm, how many of these thread repeaters I'm going to want. You know, maybe the more the merrier. But I, I bet know. they're more than 20 bucks if you buy them standalone. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just saying. But this new Apple TV 4K, it's actually got a better chip in it than the new entry-level iPad. That's got an A14 Bionic. The Apple TV 4K has the A15 Bionic chip, supports HDR10+. Maybe it'll finally do the right thing with Atmos sound from, like, Plex apps and things like that that aren't just adhering to the, like, low bitrate standards. We'll see. We'll find out. I, I have one on the way. And... The new Siri remote looks exactly the same, except when you go to charge it, it's got USB-C instead of lightning now. Dope. Oh. Yep. Yep. And guess what? What? They don't give you a charging cable. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, or at least that's sense. what the article says that I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they're, they're starting to do that with other things, too, is that they're not bundling a, a charger because they figure you probably already have one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, uh, what else was notable? Uh, it weighs less. But wait, it, it has less. fanless design. Right. Now, fanless makes sense in the living room. I, like, that's an important thing. You don't want to have a fan right under your television. So, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. So, I guess my current Apple TV has a fan that I didn't know about. Does it? I don't know. I mean, it. I like, when they said fanless design, I had the same thought as you, John. And it's like, well... Does that mean my old one does, or does that, that just mean that Apple is trying to tout a feature they had not previously touted? Mm. I bet it's the latter. No, it's, I, turn, I, 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 turns out it's the former. Brian Monroe, again, in the chat room for the win. Uh, the current ones do have a fan, but people uh, have not noticed it. <laughs> wow, I've never noticed it. Same, yeah. same. Yeah, I've never heard it. Wow, I've got to go look, go look at it and yeah. see where the vent is, because... I thought the only holes were the power and the data ports. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There He's got is. the iFixit yeah. teardown. Sure. There's yeah. the, yeah, there's the fan. You put it in the link in there. Yeah. yeah. Great. Anything else on this or should we, I, we're, 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 you know, we're tight on time here, but I, I would like to get to a couple of questions and perhaps a cool stuff found or two. We're getting into that holiday season where there's some things I want to recommend. So can we can we do uh, Sarah's? Can we jump to questions, John? Can we take Sarah? Yes. All right. Uh, Sweet. Absolutely. All right. So, Sarah, that was a sad story. Um, 
Sarah says, I have a brand new iPhone 14 Pro Max. It's great, but the system data keeps growing and taking up all the available memory. And then I get a message saying my iPhone is out of memory. Ridiculous. I agree. Um, I see in various chat rooms that many people are having this issue, but no clear information on resolving it. Any ideas? Hard reset doesn't do much. It reduces the system data use temporarily by a bit, and then it eats up all the memory again. I can't seem to get any information from Apple support so far. Um, well, here's the good news. Uh, if I can find it here. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, you know, broke up my Google Foo, and guess what, Dave? I found an article. iPhone 14 Pro Max system data storage full. How to fix it? And and is this like legit advice? Um, it seems to be. It's okay. a recent article, uh, dated September twenty second. All right. So what are what like what's the t- the top thing to fix? What do um, you do? Uh, they have a few things. Um. Because this sounds like one of those articles that people are going to give you like stupid. It's clickbait, right? Like it's a listicle and they're just going to tell you things that don't actually help. That's why I ask. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I haven't read the article. You have. So that's why I'm asking. Let's dig in. What are the top two things that they say to do? Um, Reinstall WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is. Yes. Okay. So this is BS. Uh, I'm going to pull this out. Disable significant location was another one. I guess that can uh, chew up system space, right? Uh, can it? I mean, this seems, seems like BS, John. I I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Like the <laughs> if 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 you're tracking location data, like that's pretty. I don't. Man, what else do they say? Like, let's, maybe they got something good in here. Um, what else? Reinstall WhatsApp. Disable significant location. That's weird. <laughs> okay. I mean, sure. So yeah, you go to. Um, Privacy, security, location services, system settings. Scroll down to significant locations and disable it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. That's weird. Now I'm looking at this. They're saying, you know, back up your phone and restore it. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. sure. That's good advice. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Maybe we'll leave this this article in there. But be, beware. I don't know. Um, the first thing that I would do is I would go to settings, general iPhone storage and look at what's using my storage because that, and you've got to wait a minute for this list to come up and, and populate itself with details, right? Because that's going to tell you where things are. Like for, for me, music is, is there. Okay, fine. I've got 71 gigs of music, but I've, you can set that. Like you can go into settings and tell it how much storage to use for music and it can optimize because that's an Apple thing. Overcast, the the app I used to listen to podcasts, 24 gigs. Okay, fine. I can control that. But that's good to know that that's chewing up that storage because Apple's not going to manage that for me. I kind of need to take charge on on setting Overcast to manage that. Um, Messages, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, for me, my messages are taking up 18 gigs. If Sarah has a lot of pictures and videos in messages and she said it got to keep messages forever like I do, she might have way more. I remember my daughter's phone used to get really full because of messages. And there's no way to offload that stuff without 
as we said before, deleting those messages and that kind of sucks. So, but you, I guess you could go in and save videos and photos to your photos library, which then will be optimized for storage. Right. And then that I like, these are, these are some of the, th- but I would look there cause that's going to tell you where the storage is being used. And if it, if it can't, like if it doesn't add up, so to speak, then you know that there's something wrong and you can just like delete the, you know, back up the phone and restore it, restore the backup. Hopefully that fixes it. But I wouldn't start there. I would, I would start that with the, you know, just look what's using your storage. Like, right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. am I missing something here? Yeah. 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 I don't know about this article. It's crap to me. So. I wonder if, is, are there any apps that, uh, do that or just settings? You just got to go into settings and look at storage. Yeah, because apps can't see outside the, their sandbox. Yeah, their sandbox. That's right. Yeah, okay. which usually is is a good thing, but yeah. you know, not always. Not always. Hopefully, hopefully, looking there, Sarah. That's what I do when I encounter a phone, mine or someone else's, that's like you know, too full, because it happens. Got to buy a new phone. What? <laughs> that's crazy talk. No. I mean, that's what Apple wants you to do. Yeah, buy a bigger sure phone. Do. Yeah, it's time to buy a bigger phone. That's right. Uh, let's go to Elliot. This is a good one, John. Yes. Um, Elliot says, here's one thing that thwarts a USB-C lifestyle. The power ports on airplane seat backs are all USB-A. Even the newest 737 revisions. Any projection of how long it'll take for them to catch up? Uh, if you're flying, pack your dongle. Uh, I would love comments from Pilot Pete. Um, yeah, well, I'll make a couple of comments here. Uh, probably the simplest thing, Dave, is to get a USB-A to USB-C cable. Oh, he took mine. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good advice. Yeah, yeah. I think I have one in my bag somewhere. Um, I don't know if you can get power delivery through that, though. But it'll do in a pinch. No, no, I, and I want to stop you there. Power delivery oh. is a USB-C only thing. Right. And I can't, which means that if there's a USB-A port involved, there's no power delivery. So, right. they, okay, so, so we well, don't okay, have so to explain what power delivery is as opposed to not just charging your right. So unit. with we don't have to wonder whether we'd be able to get power delivery out of the port, the USB-A port on an airplane because it's USB-A. Therefore. There's no power delivery. Power delivery allows you to get more than the 2.1 or whatever amps that mm-hmm. that you can see out of out of a, a you know a USB A port. Sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of them are just one amp, right? That's sort of the the, the bare minimum should be anyway of a yeah. USB A port is one amp. Power delivery goes above two amps, and and you can get it up to Apple's got it up to uh, well, I guess power delivery technically ends at. 100 watts or 99 watts, right? And then Apple's doing more than that with MagSafe, I want to say. I could be uh-huh. wrong. Have they they may have bumped up the the top end of power delivery. But anyway, it's lots lots more. That's that's why we can charge our laptops with USB-C because power delivery allows that. Now, no matter what you do with the port on a plane, you get a USB-A to USB-C connect- connector. That ain't going to charge your laptop. You know, it might not even 
charge your iPad all that well. It will. We use it to slow the rate of discharge, basically. That's it. You can, <laughs> yes. Are you able to do that with your laptop too, Pete, to slow the rate of discharge? Uh, you know, I've, uh, well, I've done this. I haven't tried it on the airplane, but I've done this at home, actually. I, I will have the laptop in bed some nights, you know, with the football game on and either doing an email or something with my my website slash sure. podcast. And then before I go to sleep, I'll take the one that's plugged into the little I've got this, I don't know, four or five port USB-A, and one of them's a USB-A to C cable, and I'll turn the laptop off and set it down, and in the morning, it'll be 100% because it's in the sleep mode, so it will take a charge. But um, I haven't tried that on the airplane, but I've noticed that the iPad with full brightness and several apps running in, in the cockpit, and we use it for navigation and and uh, notums, noticed airmen, yep. uh, those sorts of things. That it, it just slows the rate of discharge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which can be, I mean, that, like every little bit cal- counts, yeah. counts, yeah. helps, and helps. It's, counts it's easy and helps. for you to say. Yeah, it sure so, is. And I, I don't know why. I think it has something to do with the EU. Um, they just voted on something in USB-C and all that. You know, why are they going away from lightning? Well, I guess USB-C is somewhat more versatile. But it's like, oh, man, really? Another another cable protocol? You're killing me here. Right. Not right. Bad. I mean, because when I went to look for some cables, I was astounded at the USB protocols that are out there. I was like, you know, there's A, there's mini, there's micro, there's uh, standard. Uh, oh, you know, make it stop, please. So I found, though, that uh, my my resolution, we, we updated our iPads uh, and still are in the process uh, from the I don't even remember which generation, but to the latest generation uh, before this week of iPads. And, of course, they all come with USB-C to USB-C cables. Right. Right. And it's like, okay, great, except I've got a USB-A port, uh, power port on the flight deck to power that. So I went to Monoprice and I bought, I don't know, like a dozen USB-A to C cables. And I've been handing them out like candy to my first officers because they're like, oh, that's great. I need one of those. So I I have some advice to share on this because because I've run obviously run into it and we're going to run into it more as our electronics move to USB-C. But the planes, I, I don't think they'll yeah. always be on USB-A, but I oh, also yeah. don't many, think... Many, many, many years. It will be many years, and I don't think planes, even when they move to USB-C, will be power delivery. It's still just going to be, you know, one amp, maybe two amp. It's still going to be five volts, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, whatever cables you get that, to, that you plan to use uh, on the plane, buy them. And I've got a link in the show notes directly to this on Amazon. Buy them in bright red. And the reason is you will see it when you're about to leave it behind as you get off the plane. Or you can donate it to the seatback pocket god. Or okay. you can donate. Right. That's right. But the bright red, it shows up even in the seatback pocket. Usually, you know, when I'm doing my quick little check, it's just something that I and I also keep a bright red one uh, in my travel bag to use for car play in rental cars. Because I also see the bright red cable in the car, and I know that it's mine. So get the bright red ones of those. Also buy a four-pack of uh, USB to USB, USB-C to USB-A adapters. Um, you can also get these in red <laughs> uh, so that you don't leave those in ports somewhere. But these are just, instead of a cable, these are just tiny little adapters that you plug into a USB-A port and they give you a USB-C port. 
I've used these everywhere. They, it's just, they're small. They're easy to throw a bunch of them in your bag. And when you do leave one somewhere while well, you've got another one, you can buy the, the black four pack for seven ninety nine. I recommend spending eleven ninety nine on the red or purple four packs so that again, you see them before you. Yeah. yeah. And actually the, the ones that I, I don't have in handy, I'll see if I can find it for the show notes, but the, I do have a, like I say, I bought these cables They've got a little green light in them at the USB C end that oh. say, you know, that tells you, oh yeah, there's there's actually power in there that's that's going through there, which is nice. Um, oh, because, send us a link to those, Pete. Yeah. Let's put that in the show. Yeah, that's great. Um, huh. I, I didn't think I'd like that. It's not bright that it keeps you awake at night, but it's uh, or on the flight deck. Oh, did I say that? No. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? Um, let us no, let uh, us be we, clear. There is no sleeping happening on the flight deck. That, that's correct. I'm just joking. But that being said, uh, the the reason is what will frequently happen is it, it has to do with the airplane I fly as a triple seven. You'll get. Uh, uh, as you come off, it's got two ground power sources. And if you want to come off and then the airplane, as it needs more power, will start load shedding. And one of the ones that it will, one of the buses that it will shed is the cabin utility bus, which is the same one that powers our iPads and our electronic flight bags, our EFB. Uh-huh. And so, it, you know, right away when that green light goes out, oh, okay, it's load shed that bus. Um, or there's been a, a brief interruption, in which case you just cycle the power to that bus and, and you'll get it back. But sure. I've gone way down a hole. But it's, I'm just saying, there's going to be other times, I'm sure, where it's nice to have a little green light there at the base of your Yeah, you know. IPad. You know, if it's co- if it covers on it and it's uh, and it's turned off, well, is it charging or not? Yeah, look at the green light. I, I want this on my for my laptop at home in the living room. Because I've I've got the connect the the you know the power supply is like buried behind the couch and I've got a big long cable that comes over the over the top of the couch and it's great I can tuck it in it hides nice it's great but if I tug too hard on it I pull it out but I don't know that I've pulled it out and I plug my laptop in and I go to sleep and I wake up the next day and my laptop's and then you know you didn't bingo then you know you pulled it out don't you <laughs> yeah so i i like that idea okay I, yeah. yeah all right yeah yeah find that for us we'll put it in the show notes folks yeah. and john I, I i cut you off and then we went down a huge rabbit hole yeah what what more do you have to share on this one um the last flight that i took yep uh i think it was an emberar plane i don't know if i pronounced that right Emberar. Um, but they had both usb a and 120 volt ac so pick your ch- your plane wisely. <laughs> yeah. And it, a lot of planes have 120 or 110, whatever, whatever, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, come on, Mr. Mom. I uh, got that. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that, Pete. Um, a lot of them have it, but it's not obvious where I often find it is if I am sitting in the seat and I reach either my right or left hand down, you got to be careful and you got to know your seatmate, otherwise it's going to look creepy. Uh, it's like along the, uh, the sort of the, the plastic of the seat. So just, you know, right from like right under your thigh almost, or just to the left of your, your thigh or your calf or the right of your thigh or your calf, you'll find this. Now be careful poking around there. Cause you know, might be, uh, full AC power and you don't necessarily want to do that with like wet hands, but that's where those are often found, at least for me on airplanes. So if you don't see it, obviously on the seat back in front of you or it kind of by your feet, check near your calves. And again, just, you know, make sure your seatmate knows under the armrest, I guess is the right way to say that. Right, Pete? 
don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, during my last travel, um, here's another thing: bring some battery packs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I recommend the MagSafe ones. I'm I'm a big fan of MagSafe mm. battery packs, especially a MagSafe battery pack that has an output port, so I could use it for like my iPad if I wanted. Oh, and get a battery pack for your phone too. I mean, sorry, but yes, for your phone. Also, a, a, a power delivery capable battery pack so you can charge your laptop. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. So I found the link and I put it in there. It's actually I, I thought it was monoprice. There, I got them on uh, Amazon and it was thirteen dollars and fifty cents for five cables: a ten foot, two six feet, and two three point three. Amazing. Yeah, great right. price. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. Eats green light cables. I like it. I like it. Great. Sweet. All right. Um, where are we on time? Yeah. We're just going to have to do, we're just going to have to do cool stuff found next week. It's just how it's going to be. We should invent a time machine. I, no, you know what? Um, let's let we, we, we can, I've got a little time. Do you guys have a little time? I got a little Folks, time. Do you have a little time? All right. Right here in my watch. We do right here have in my new Apple watch ultra. Oh, let's talk about that too. Hey, if you like tech podcasts, and I'm assuming we all do here, right? Then join us in subscribing to the Software Defined Talk right now. It's a weekly podcast that recaps all the news in cloud computing, DevOps, and enterprise software. The hosts, Kote, Matt Ray, and Brandon, keep us updated on topics like Kubernetes, DevOps, platform engineering, and anything else related to enterprise tech. Plus, they'll weave in plenty of nonsense, like how to optimize shopping at Costco. It's a fun, freewheeling conversation that'll keep you informed and entertained while doing the dishes or walking your dog. So, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to the podcast today by visiting softwaredefinedtalk.com or searching for Software Defined Talk in your favorite podcast app. Thanks, Cote, Matt, Ray, and Brandon for doing this swap with us. Pete, tell us about your new watch, man. You got, uh, you, you well, got the Ultra. I, I did. I got the Ultra, and I got it with the uh, the dive band, the, the ocean dive band. Um, so uh, the first thing, though, is it, don't throw any of the packaging away. I, I didn't, but I was about to. And I went to put the uh, the band on, and there's an extra little loop there that once you've put the you know the little tail to your watch band, yeah, it sticks out. There's the loop there that it goes through. That isn't automatically already in the watch band. You have to put that on yourself. So I almost got rid of that. <laughs> that almost, and when I wanted to put it on, I went, "Oh, that's funny. That should not um, shouldn't be flapping around. It shouldn't be flapping around." And yeah. I, mean, I so I slopped it around and go, "Does it fit underneath?" And go, "No, that's not the way to do it." And then I started pulling the 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 packaging apart and looked at the, you know, when all else fails, read the instructions, right? Looked at the instructions and it showed a loop there. And I went, wow, where's that? I started digging it apart. It isn't obvious. I guess it's my point that, that there's an extra loop if you get the the big ocean diving band. So got that. Love it so far. The new face that's on it is amazing. You can uh, choose latitude, longitude, or, uh, Bearing and distance, those sorts of things. I mean, it, it, it's fun to play with. And I just got it last night, got it okay. set up. So I, I haven't got a whole lot with it, done a whole lot with it yet. But I, I love the new face, the red face for nighttime, for always oh. on. I love it. So you take the, uh, uh, the, the crown and you just rotate it and it changes the face to red for nighttime. Yeah, and my watch it, doesn't do that, Pete. You, you've got the ultra, right? 
No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. I didn't know. I thought you had gotten the ultra. No, no. That's right. Okay. No. So this only works on the ultra, and it only works on some faces, is my understanding. Okay. I, had, I, you know, I played with it on another face, and it did not work. But yeah, um, having the red only is so very nice at night. Um, because what I would do, I found that That's I would, really uh, I'd go to the theater mode, which is again, swipe up from the bottom and you've got the little icons and it's the, uh, it, they, I guess that's what they call it. The theater mode. Cause there's the happy and sad mask the, or the comedy yeah. tragedy, yeah, mask, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and you touch that. And then when you put, then to put, when the watch is on, all you do is put your hand over the face. And then when you take it away, it's dark. And that way you're not bothering other people in a dark cockpit at night in the theater, um, you know, yeah. waking yourself up with light. Like my wife sleeps with her watch on in the light. Sometimes I'll wake up, I'm looking at, right at the light and I'm like, oh, come on, you're killing me here. So I always turn mine off at night, but it requires you to poke at your watch in order to get the light on to go, okay, you know, like a 1970s digital watch. With the red mode, it it's dim enough to not bother you, but bright enough to see. And and once again, red light, as we as I talked about in the opening tip, uh, doesn't ruin your night vision, which is something that I've known for I don't know how many years. I you just assume everybody knows, right? But oh yeah, that's why they use red lights on ships at night, right? And, right. And so they yeah. maintain your night vision. Huh. So, I like it. But, All right. Um, well, it's, it's not very. You know, it's a little bigger. Sure. Know, I think at one point I li- likened it to the Casio G Shock of Apple watches, but I think it's smaller than a G Shock. Interesting. Uh, and uh, lightweight, handsome, love it. Haven't used the action button yet, but there's you can set that up for different things to start and stop a workout, start and stop a stopwatch, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I set mine to set a waypoint so that smart. Um, yeah, well, because I will frequently go months without touching my car in the parking lot in Memphis, which can park oh. about two thousand cars. I have walked that parking lot more than once looking for my dang car. <laughs> it's here somewhere. <laughs> That's really cool. And as we yeah. mentioned in a previous episode, you can attach the action button to a shortcut, meaning the world is your oyster. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Ah, that's cool. All right. Well, I'm I, thank you. And also I'm eager to hear how it you know, like more of your experiences as you've had, say, more than, you know, 16 yeah. hours with the thing. So, sure. Yeah. The one thing I would I mentioned that I know it does do, I haven't tried it yet, obviously, is uh, when you submerge, if you forget to start when you dive computer, you know, when how long I've been down, that sort of thing, yeah. then you have to estimate it automatically starts uh, the submerged uh, when you, when it senses it's underwater, it starts the timer. Amazing. Uh, of course it does, as it should. Yeah, it's yeah. like pressing the record button to start your podcast automatically as soon as you start talking. Guys, that reminds me of something. Oh, um, did you set the record button how, today? How then? much time <laughs> do you have? No, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Can you repeat that? Yeah. The whole show? Yeah, the whole show. Yeah, exactly. You remember that tip you started the show with, Pete? Uh, all right. We've got, thank you for that. We've got time for a couple of cool stuff found. One of them comes from Raul603 in our uh, Discord at uh, MacGeekab.com slash Discord. And it is called Shoot, which is an app that lets you use your iPhone as a webcam with your Mac. Uh, I had never heard of Shoot before, but this looks like a pretty solid thing. And Rawl says uh, they use it pretty regularly. So I'll put a link out there. It reminds me, of course, of the thing that I am currently using to do this show, which is Reincubate's Camo. And uh, that is uh, that they so shoot is is from uh, I'm trying to think it's at squares.tv. 
And then Reincubate Camo is from Reincubate.com. And the latest version allows Wi-Fi connectivity, what it do, which is cool because it means you can use your iPhone as a camera with your Mac without being connected to your Mac. So, like, lots of options. Uh, and then, of course, Ventura adds the continuity camera, which does the same thing. But that means, and I haven't tried this yet, but I think what it means is I could have three iPhones as cameras on my Ventura equipped Mac because I could use Ventura's continuity camera for one reincubate camo for the second. And then uh, this new thing that Rawl 603 pointed us uh, pointed us towards called shoot as the third, because I don't think any of those three allow for multiple cameras via each of their paths, but each of them allows for one. And so that means I could have three, but I've been thinking about it. Like here in the studio, I would like to be able to record myself playing the drums. And so to use wireless cameras that all sort of pull in and I could, I could record with, you know, Ecamm live or something on my Mac. Well, now we're moving in the right direction. So thanks for that Rawl. I like it. It's fun stuff. Uh, lastly, well, John, do you have a cool stuff found before I, before I lastly us? Not yet. Not it's yet. On the way. All right, good. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope so. I, oh, you, your Apple watch wasn't delivered last night. No. Oh, okay. That's, that's good for me to know since I'm the one that ordered it. I got to let Amazon know that, uh, that it still didn't make it. Okay. Um, the, so we'll, we'll stay tuned for John's Apple watch adventures. The last cool stuff found that I have here is the uh you know i'm a fan and i know many of you are fans of robot vacuums i am uh now been testing for about the last week the uh newest from anchor via their eufy brand it's the robovac x8 which is includes uh, laser navigation so lidar twin turbines that generates uh 2000 pa of suction and it's got this mapping technology they say it's perfect for pet owners. I have used a lot of robot vacuums and with every one of them, including like the, the one that I checked out last year that, you know, the first one that I had with a LIDAR sensor and all that. And the, the, the laser navigation makes a huge difference because it can like go around stuff that it's, that it's, you know, that that's going to cause it trouble. Right. You know, cause there's all kinds of things that you or your kids or your pets leave all over the floor. And if it, you know, it starts to like two of our cats are obsessed with pipe cleaners, pipe cleaners and robot vacuums do not get along. It turns out because they just stop that. I'd be like, stop it in its tracks. This thing, every other robot vacuum I've had to uh, a make sure that there's no pipe cleaners and other like little cat toys with the, the string, you know, that come off like the string tails on like a, a phony mouse or whatever. If those are on the floor, that's the end of the thing. Um, and also, I've had to really, even the ones that have their own mapping technology in them, I've had to carve out spots in the map that that they shouldn't go or whatever. And you can do all of that with the Robovac X8. However, I have not had to touch it since I plugged it in and turned it on the first time. It knows, it figures things out, it mapped out my the the floor of my house that I have it on, which has all kinds of disastrous obstacles, 
It knows where it can't go. It knows what a pipe cleaner is that's going to stop it in its tracks. It detours around it. Obviously, it doesn't vacuum there, but, you know, that like that's sort of the point. It, yeah. This thing is so smart that I, I'm I'm blown away by this thing. And uh, and you so can get three prices on the one you have up on the screen. Five forty nine down to one ninety nine. Do, do you know which? Uh, oh, yes. So the the one that I have is the vacuum only. And it's, uh, it's currently at the moment selling yeah. it. It's four ninety nine. Normally it's selling for three fifty. 349 at Amazon and I'll put, oh, nice. put a okay. link in the show notes. The one that's 549 is the RoboVac X, X8 hybrid which adds a mop to it. I've got a mop vacuum coming and we will test that and talk about that too cuz we know that this is a thing that a lot of us are interested in here and and so we will we will keep talking about these but I just wanted to spend a little time talking about this one and then I'll 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 compare and contrast but at the moment this you know this year's technology really is uh, a, a step up from what we were seeing last year. It's, it's really, it's amazing. That um, sounds cool. I mean, I've got, I've got Roombas, but the problem with the Roombas I've had is they managed to jam themselves underneath the chair. Yes. No, no, that's right. And, 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 you know, the first, I have a first gen Eufy RoboVac that does that all the time too. This one with the laser mapping and all of that stuff, it, it, and I, and I think what they call the AI map technology I think that's the part where it's doing pattern matching and knowing, ah, okay, th- you know, that looks like a pipe cleaner. I shouldn't go after that. That looks yeah. like, you know, dog poop. I shouldn't go after that. that right. Well, I mean, like, right? it's yeah. super important, yeah. you know, yeah. that and it can with the laser, it can see the height of things and it knows the height of itself. So it doesn't go in. It really makes a difference. And I'll tell you. We have these things run every night in our house. We don't run them on the floor at night uh, of the floor of the house that we sleep on for obvious reasons, perhaps. But it's it's wonderful waking up every day to a freshly vacuumed home. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 So how does it um, how does it charge? It drives itself back to its charging base. Okay, so so you have a dock. Yes. It and it knows where it is. Correct. You start it on its dock awesome. and then it builds a map. And it was cool with this one. The first uh, the first time it ran, I was you know, just watching it on my phone and it like I saw where it was going on the map and how it like how it sussed out rooms. Once it finished a floor, it then went and like uh, automatically said, OK, well, here's the four different rooms on this floor. And I could change all that, but it was pretty much right. It was like, okay, here's this section. And then I can now say, hey, just go clean that one room and it'll, you know, drive itself off the dock and go, go do it. And like, like we have it, uh, we have. And it knows not to go downstairs. You know, it gets to the edge of the stairs, goes, oh, there's stairs here. I won't go down. Don't do that. However, I know these companies must be working on a vacuum that could do stairs because if that's the one thing we still have to do manually yeah. is vacuum the stairs and that sucks. So I know somebody's going to, I mean, I say it sucks. That's because yeah. I lead a charmed life, but uh, it, you know, um, it, but uh, oh, I was going to say something about this that, that really blew well, me while you're away. thinking about yeah. that. I'll mention they're doing that even now with mowers. You put a wire around the yard there. Yeah. There are Roomba type mowers that, uh, uh, I, I guess Roomba was the first in in the business, so they've got the advantage of being the Kleenex or the FedEx. Of right, right, the, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the Eufy, 
Anchor with their Eufy brand and every other brand that Anchor has really is they're hitting it out of the park right now with a lot of things. They you know, they're not the only ones that do it right, but they're one of the ones that do it right for sure. Uh, The one thing I was going to say, John, is if the battery gets like down to like 20 percent while it's out doing its its vacuuming, it will drive itself back to the, the base, charge up and then resume its uh its path so yeah smart it is smart can you can you send sound to it no but i have something else that uh it does make sounds so you know like it says things like i'm about to start now so that you know what's about to happen yeah yeah it's cool i just think it'd be fun especially for pets to have your voice coming out of hold that thought for next week's cool stuff found segment because i've got something to talk about i think i think you're gonna like it yeah all right that's it we are way beyond time and we started late today and all of that good stuff so we're gonna hustle through this thanks for hanging out with us everyone thanks pete uh, make sure you go check out Pete's podcast. So there I was at so there I was us. Fantastic stuff. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash MGG and collide at collide.com slash MGG. Check them out, please. Go to MacGeekab.com slash sponsors. You can see all their details. Also, go to MacGeekab.com slash reviews. That's our big ask this week. Uh, we really want to uh, we want to get more reviews going. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So, Pete, you got us into this, but you seem eager at the moment. Are you eager or, or is it time for John to share advice? Well, I'll put it up on the screen and John, can you read my shirt? Uh, hold on. <laughs> John, John yes, look at the camera. I, I can see your shirt. Oh, I'm going to read it to you. Don't get caught. Made up. Woo! <laughs>